0: Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.
1: Hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio and show number 413 in our weekly series. Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're out there raising awareness and running events through our area networks, around the country and our topic and sector specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies, and shining a light on great practice. Please visit us at engage2success.org to learn more and to sign up for our weekly newsletter. I'm Andy Gorham, your host for today's show and founder of BizJuicer, a consultancy that helps companies connect purpose and proposition to your people, creating stickier, more successful businesses from the inside out and today i'm speaking with special guest quentin millington who's a strategy and leadership consultant and founder of marble brook limited quentin is a specialist in disruption and helps organizations to respond confidently and quickly to the forces they cannot control forces that are increasingly changing the business landscape and today we're going to look at the various forms of disruption and what organizations can do to succeed in a world that is constantly changing. Hi, Quentin. Welcome to the show, my friend.
0: Good evening, Andy. It's great to be here. It's lovely to have you, my
1: friend. I am really looking forward to trying to cover the whole topic of disruption in just 30 minutes. Um, Some challenge, but before we start, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're currently up to.
0: So I'm a consultant and executive coach. I work with complex established organizations. And uh, I add value by bridging those inevitable silos that emerge within companies. Um, I help the team, senior team to connect strategy, leadership and culture and what happens on a day-to-day basis. Um, and I enable an, organ- an organization to take all this disruption that's out there in the, in the world and turn it into value that lasts.
1: Value okay, that lasts. What a, what a lovely thing to shoot for. So Let's get down to basics as we attack this topic. When we talk about disruption, more importantly, when you talk about disruption,
0: what do you mean? So when we think about disruption, we often think about what organizations do. So this new company came along and disrupted the market. I'm using disruption to mean, for the most part, what's happening outside the organization. So they're forces that are beyond the control of the boardroom. Um, And technology is one of them, but there's more. Um, There's shifting values within society, changing consumer expectations, different priorities, uh, governments changing what their regulatory controls are and so on. And then you've got the natural world. Um, We're all hearing about climate change. So um, adjustments in the weather. problems with biodiversity all these are increasingly affecting businesses across across different industries so for me then um, disruption is any force outside the control of the senior team that may affect the outcomes of an agreed strategy or the day-to-day running of the business
1: well it's fair to say it is a far more complex disruptive in your in your terms and less predictable world than perhaps it has been in the past but when we When we think about these external forces, what what specifically do you think are the challenges that come out of this this disruption and that people and businesses, organizations end up facing today?
0: So I think we can see uh, the challenge in four main areas. Um, The first is business strategy. Um, What are we trying to achieve? Um, The second is leadership. Uh, and this is often a personal question for people at the top of the organization, but how we, how are we running the company? Um, what are our expected behaviors and all of that's changing too. Um, then we have to think about culture and practice, the overall capability of the organization to operate on a day-to-day basis. Um, that's an important area of consideration because ultimately, if we want to change anything, that's where it changes. And then the fourth thing, which, um, we'll perhaps talk more about is is dialogue conversation the conversation we're having internally the conversation we're having with external stakeholders so these four areas strategy leadership capability and culture and practice and um, dialogue these are the four areas that encompass many many parts of the organization um, and disruption does just that it ultimately has the capacity to change everything
1: and and you want to create value out of last out of all this disruption, right? Or help people achieve that. And if we if we think about the topic that you talk about here, and what what it, how it how it affects businesses, what what are the sort of pitfalls that you see businesses falling into or trying to avoid, and can they can they avoid them, and 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 how do they use these things um, to create lasting value?
0: So, um, I think for established businesses, it's very tough because they have people, processes, assets, um, all in place to do what the world required yesterday and to do it very well. And for a large, uh, successful organization, it's quite hard to let go of all of that. Mm. Um, so, you have, um, so change is very, very difficult. Um, so, there's, there's, that's a cultural thing, but it's also a very practical day to day question of how do we move this whole organization to point in in, in another direction. Um, I think the second thing is about about the conversation. There's tremendous pressure on senior executives at the moment to be doing the right thing, whatever that may mean. And so um, marketing teams and corporate comms teams are all having to respond to, and internally HR teams are all having to respond to Um, uh, whatever the world is demanding and so when you add these two things together the difficulty of change and the need to respond to a fast-moving discourse in the outside um, you end up in a situation where you perhaps say things that aren't quite true um, or not yet true Um, and I think that's the that then creates further problems.
1: So so good intentions potentially create more problems to deal with down down the road right
0: i'm not sure every organization even gets to its intention i mean i think it's quite possible for you to want to respond to a hashtag uh to reduce the heat that's on you um and then happily go about your business um so the intention may often be there but um the structure as it is at the moment doesn't mean that it necessarily will be
1: it's hard isn't it because um, they're there must be in the world we live in today where social media can be seen to dictate attitudes uh, on a very polarised scale. So if you do support the current zeitgeisty hashtag, great, you're with us. By not responding, you're picked out as one of the people that you're against it, which may not be the case entirely. I mean, how, how, do, how do we deal with, deal with that?
0: Mm-hmm. Ab- absolutely. And um Hashtag politics is a village idiot. Um, It can only hold one thing in its head at any given time. Um, And um, it's very, very difficult for people who are jumping up and down on Twitter to understand the complexity um, that executives face and to understand the difficulty of change that they need to uh, introduce across the organization. Um, So uh, there's a risk, and it does happen, clearly, um, that organizations respond to the, to the conversation um, and perhaps even don't get time ultimately to rethink what they're doing. Um, but the solution ultimately is to, is to see what's happening out there, have a think about your strategy and how it needs to change, consider how you lead the organization, think about culture and what you do on a day-to-day basis, and then go back to the conversation and think about telling people um, uh, what you're doing, what you've done and what you plan to do. So you're coming back
1: to those anchor points of strategy and culture ultimately and, and, and aligning the actions to, to, the, to both those things. Uh,
0: absolutely, because if you um, if you don't do that, then you very quickly end up in a world of empty rhetoric and um, that's where things can become even more difficult because then you'll be perceived to be being disingenuous or um, uh, not willing to to make a change. Um, on the other side, there's a challenge, as I say, that the outside world doesn't necessarily hear understand how complex it is. So um, there is some explaining that needs to be done, but it needs to be done on the basis of your sound commitment and your plans um, and a clear um, statement of what you've done so far and what you're going to do about it tomorrow.
1: Sure. I mean, I guess the bigger you are, the more complex it can be to kind of deal with a lot of these things. Do you do you talk about a particular kind of process that that that, that people can follow to at least have a modicum of chance of making the most out of the disruption that they face?
0: Absolutely. I think um, broadly, the, there are three stages. The first is something's happening out there. So that may be activists chaining themselves to the railings of your head office um it may be new technology coming out of silicon valley um it may be a change in um, consumer expectations um and it may be the reality of climate change so something's happening out there the first thing you have to do again is to rethink okay what are we trying to do does this affect what our strategy is is this going to ups- un- unsettle our business model Second thing, how are we going to deliver that through an appropriate form of leadership which, which reflects what we need to do both internally and externally? Third thing, again, is to think about practice. Okay, well, if we're going to do this, what are we going to do tomorrow? When, when Mary comes to, to work, in a month's time, or six months time, on a Monday morning, what will she do? That's different from what she did, from what she did last Monday. And then the fourth thing again is to manage people's expectations, inform employees about what's going on, so that conversation bit dialogue um, is also extremely important. And that's also important for, for 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 finding advocates and people who can champion what you're doing. If you're trying to do the right thing, then you can use the conversation to bring people to understand that and and help them support the kind of change that you want to make both internally and also externally across the industry.
1: Yeah. I mean, involvement is a massive, a massive part of engagement, you know, humans have an an innate need to help. And if you're invited to help, we're in, in the main, unless you're a psychopath. Um, And, uh, but if you close it down and say, we don't need help, then we'll go look for the next poor soul that needs, needs some help. And, you know, when you're thinking about engagement as, as, as I often do, as EFS does constantly, involvement is such a big trigger. But when you look at those things you've just talked about across strategy, leadership, um, practice, or capabilities within an organisation, and and that dialogue, are there are there particular strong points or, or those that are weaker than others in your experience when you're talking about this stuff with, with organisations, Quentin?
0: I think the um, I think the challenge is bringing it all together. Yeah. So, um what does your strategy mean for the other three components um of leadership um capability and dialogue to use those those four words mm. um, If you're going to operate the business in a certain way, um what does that mean for how you engage people um and that's all very hard to do within wh- when you're disrupted, so when everything's going around uh, wrong around you. Um, how do you find the time, um, and the energy, quite frankly, um, to do any of this? And, and, um, there's a, around those four areas, there's a process, which is to gain command of the disruption. So something's happened. You need to gain command of it. You need to minimize risk. You need to limit the damage. You need to understand what's going on. The next step is to say, okay, how can we use this disruption, this external change, um, as a means to create more value through our products and services. Um, And then the fourth thing is, well, we know this is all going to happen again tomorrow when the world changes. (laughs) So the fourth thing is to build resilience. So you first gain command. You second, secondly, you you discover the value that's within that change and looking at other areas of, of what you've got, your other assets. And then the third thing is, um you build the resilience so that when something changes tomorrow that whole process is not quite as painful as it was today
1: and and coming back i mean then to me that makes total sense and aligns to what you were talking about before about the the genuine authentic cultural backbone of that meaning that you 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 have integrity in what you're saying so, so the actions that you take the the, the things that you say all come with with an amount of integrity that matches up to what you're telling internal people and external and actually practicing out there. But we see plenty of examples, don't we, of a big say-do gap between a lot of of those things. Um, Why do you think that is?
0: We talked earlier about the intense pressure that people are under when the world changes and the world essentially moves the goalposts. Po- uh, goal um, so that's part of the problem. It's hard to change the organization in truth, um, but there's pre- pressure to be clear that we are doing something. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's moving on from that. You have a number of other challenges, such as um, the personal challenge. So, um, people may have a sense that going in a slightly di- different direction is good for the organization, good for the world, good for them. Um, but are so invested in the current way of doing things. So when you take, um, when you say I'm going to change stuff, well, people go, hmm, um, what will my role be? Yeah. What will my status be? Um, how, what will people think of me? Will I be, um, as effective in this new world? So again, you have this um internal resistance to change that make think that makes things very very hard for me these are the two um the the intractability of the change on a practical level in a complex um, multicultural established successful business it's very difficult Um, and then secondly the personal change is hard too but the whole
1: thing works more easily
0: if you are true to yourself
1: i guess if you if you have a clear set of uh, uh, values and they actually mean something and they're living in the business and you're or acting to them and those actions are then uh, aligned to those values actually it's probably more difficult to get yourself into trouble right because you haven't got to necessarily overthink it you've still got to deal with these disruptive elements you've still got to make them work for you but there's 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 an integrity a reliable integrity to, to
0: what you're saying and doing well um I think the, the 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 value here is that um, if you have thought through why this matters and why you're doing it, then it allows you to stay fixed on a small number of outcomes whilst you go about the complexity of the change. So if th- something doesn't work or um, the outcome's not what you'd wish for, then you've got a there's an anchor there's a there's something to go back to. Um, And there's also something that you've personally considered to be good and worthwhile. So when the going gets tough, you can say, well, we're doing this for a reason. And I buy into that reason. I believe in in, in the outcome. Um, Having that sense of meaning and value um, does, does, does help to keep people inspired. I think within an organisation it can become difficult because organisations spend a lot of time thinking about values, and frankly, much of it is hot air. Mm. Um, and that I think has the opposite effect; it doesn't inspire people. Um, they may go through with, through uh, go through the motions again. It doesn't truly engage them, so that can be problematic.
1: It can actively disengage if it's not practiced, and but it is supposedly espoused. And let's pick up on that word meaning. That you use there, because it's a trigger for me, Quentin. You used the word meaning, I immediately link, link to things like purpose, which right now I think is its own form of disruption um, out there. And um, this, I'm not going to say current swing, but I guess it's 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 a topic that's been talked about for, but just recently, in the last couple of years, it's it's come more to the forefront in purpose being this positive force for good in in business. We've had the CBI come out only a couple of weeks ago with. A report that talks about the importance of purpose and uh, and it's intrinsically to to long-term profits um but there's also the viewpoint that you know is this a thing that businesses should be dabbling in you know is it businesses world to solve solve the problems of the planet i mean let me first raise my flag up and say look i'm a massive fan of finding an authentic person purpose both in your personal life and from a business perspective but it, it's it is problematic because I think there is confusion out there about what it really means. I think it is amalgamated with the sustainability uh, conversation and, and, and come back to that thing about, you know, do people really think it is business's job to save, save the world? I mean, when, when you think about disruption and what you talk about, what's your perspective on the whole purpose thing?
0: Um, I find some aspects of the purpose craze um, quite troubling. Um, so the good thing is internally, um, setting out a purpose will help, um, for example, the person who's cutting foam, um, on a factory line will know that that foam is going off to package vaccines, for example. Uh So it's good for people to have a sense and they'll know that those vaccines are going to go and save lives. So the purpose of cutting foam is to save lives. So having that sense and investing time in understanding that connection and and, and and making it real for me as an individual is quite a powerful exercise because every job has boring bits and things we don't want to do. Um, but if we can keep hold of the the value that we're creating, then, then that's quite powerful. I think when we turn to the external statements of purpose, um, I worry a little more um, because it's quite easy to employer consultant to um, set out a, a, a glossy purpose statement and um, uh, and change very little internally I'm not sure how that whether that really creates value and I think organizations spend a lot of time talking about their purpose but not necessarily fixing the things that they need to fix internally um, that I feel is a, is a problem to um, so the question that's implicit in in what you're saying here. Is it, is it is it a business's job to uh, to fix the problem as well world, uh, the world's the the problems of the world um, I'm not I'm not sure it is um, a business should try to do as little damage as possible so um, have uh, minimal external um, or negative externalities um, but ultimately there are other systems in place democracy being one of them um that that will take care of a lot of these questions and um, i'm not sure that businesses are best placed to be telling the world what we should believe in and how we should behaving how we should be behaving um, people um are get to the top of an organization because they can run a business not because they are um outstanding moral philosophers um, or sociologists so um, i think we've got to be wary of taking purpose too far
1: yeah, I think there's a couple of things I would sort of say to that. Is firstly, a, a thin paper exercise on any topic is a thin paper exercise, right? If if you just spend a load of time in a boardroom with half a dozen people saying this is what our purpose is because it's going to look good on paper and then do nothing with it, then it's a worthless exercise. Um, anyway, but the same would be for a value statements or or any or a strategy even if it's on paper and never never gets anywhere, it's pointless. And I think when it comes to things like values and purpose, the involvement and alignment of the people in the business to create something that is meaningful and purposeful can be can be a very motivating thing. Um, So so I think it's important. I, I think that the issue I have with purpose where businesses try and save the world with every biscuit that they sell is that it's just not relevant to what people are actually doing in the business. And there's a disconnect right from the start. And, you know, as an ex-marketer, it's all about finding emotional connection to get my messages across, not just to get people to think about stuff, but to get people to do things. And emotions are the things that trigger people to do stuff.
0: And and what we need is an emotional connection to the products and the services that the organization uh, actually produces not an emotional connection to some nebulous uh, statement that ultimately um, anyone can can host on their website.
1: Yeah, I think we're 100% aligned on that, my friend, 100% aligned.
0: And, and if, if, we, if you're, we... So carry on, please. No, if you're not adding value, if you're not adding value directly through your products and services, why does your business exist? If your products and services are not making people's lives better in some way, then your on the side purpose is irrelevant.
1: No, I mean, that is, that's a great starter question for trying to uncover your purpose, for sure, no, no question. I think if we sort of leap on from this topic to the hot topic within Engage for Success, the clues in the title, um, when we think about all these disruptive forces and all this stuff going on, there's a huge impact. And it can have a huge impact on employee engagement. So if you, Quentin, were to summarise the implications for for our listeners, how do you feel organisations can achieve good engagement at all levels when dealing with this stuff?
0: The first thing, Andy, I think is to become more aware of what's happening outside the organisation. So if senior managers know what's happening in the in society and in the natural world um then they'll have more credibility um they'll lead with more confidence and people will be more inspired by them if individuals have a sense that they don't really know what they're doing and that the organization's at risk because they don't see what's happening outside the boardroom um, then that is hugely problematic for engagement the second thing is to Um, is around autonomy. It's you uh, to respond effectively to disruption. You need to um, put decision-making with the people who have the information. So historically, people at the top make the decisions, people at the bottom know really what's going on. We need to change that um, because the people at the bottom, um, if they have the power um, to make decisions, to spend money, whatever it may be, Um, then that shows that they are valued and that the knowledge that they've accrued over time is considered to be worthwhile. So that has a big impact on engagement. And then the the third thing really is disruption is is a real pain uh, for senior people and also for people um, at all levels within the organization. Um, So the the company has to be resilient. It has to adapt. It has to become more able to respond to all this stuff that's going on because otherwise people are going to get really tired If it's it's such a chore every time something happens outside the walls, such a chore to bring about that change, then um, uh, engagement falls as people become exhausted by the whole thing. Um, So building a resilient organization, one that can adapt, um, letting go of old ways of doing things, letting go of um, old ways of thinking, be willing to challenge oneself, to question oneself all of this can have um, a a positive impact on engagement, particularly because the people who will be raising the challenges will often be the people we're trying to engage in the first place.
1: Absolutely. And a lot of that comes down to getting some sense of motivation behind it. And the things we've just talked about in this conversation, the things you've just beautifully summarised, if you think back to Dan Pink's work on drive and personal motivation, autonomy, mastery, and purpose, we've pretty much covered those three things uh, within that so a great way to sort of end this incredibly short conversation that's tried to cover a hell of a lot within 30 minutes um i i, I i'm staggered we got uh, the amount of things covered that we did within that time and yet we have nearly scratched the surface of this topic quentin i'm sure if people would like to find out a bit more about you and a bit more about the disruption topic is there is there anywhere they can go to find out more
0: Uh, Andy, I have a website, which is my name, QuentinMillington.uk. That's a good starting point, and we'll link to other places as well.
1: Brilliant. Fantastic. And and that is about all we have time for today. So don't forget to visit EngageForSuccess.org to check out the show notes and all of our fab free employee engagement resources, and where you can also download or stream any of the great shows from our archive at your leisure. Thanks very much to Quentin, and thanks for sharing those thoughts and insights. I personally found that uh, incredibly interesting and thought-provoking, and I'm sure Engage for and I success hope radio. that our listeners the listeners will too. So thank you very much for your time.
0: And a light on good time. We'll practice, be back again at the same so time next week. A way I'm Andy Gorham,
1: and thanks for listening to the Engage for Success radio show.